That was not Katie saying, I think that the young au pair will fuck my decaying husband. <laughs> that was Katie okay. saying, I don't want I don't want my husband, my old decaying, decrepit right. old man husband. That was not her assuming that she would want to fuck you. That no, was not right. that. It was that Katie was like, I don't want to fucking have to live with David as he tries to prim and, <laughs> and pose and be the cool young dad kind of thing, even though he's already past his prime. Yeah. She didn't want to have to watch you go through your machinations of trying to impress right, right. the 22-year-old au pair. Sure. It had nothing to do with her believing that the au pair was going to want to fuck <laughs> I'm Don Hall. And I'm David Himmel. And this is the Literate Apecast. Don and David get a little saucy, so be forewarned, your sensitivity is not their problem. The Literate Apecast is for people who can handle both their liquor and their gag reflex. is your fucking 41st birthday 41 i'm a big boy you are you are exactly the same age as tom hardy really justin long okay bill hader bill hader's 41 41 adam levine yeah i knew that that's yeah. So you you know, and so you know that's that's thing. Forty one, and and that's thing is forty one is like one of those non birthdays kind of right. Totally. That, like like forties a big birthday, fifties you know that kind of stuff. Thirty five is a big birthday because then you're old enough to be president. Twenty one's a big birthday because then you can legally drink and fuck underage teenagers. I mean, <laughs> or then suddenly they become underage. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. You know. I mean, so you've got significant <laughs> birthdays. Forty one is sort of like, oh, okay, I'm forty one. So you have had as I, I mean, you know, this is the I thing think you have I to be thirty six to be president. No, thirty five. Is it? Look it up. Thirty five years old. All right. Thirty five years old as president of the United States. Good Christ, wouldn't that be something if we had somebody that was 35 years old as president of the United States? We almost kind of sort of did. We played with the idea anyway. With Well, um, we've got a, sev- we've got a 77-year-old who acts like he's six, but I mean, that's... Oh, I don't, buddy, and maybe, he acts like he's one and a half. Yeah, well... Maybe no, two, because he has a few words. <laughs> yeah, no, no shit. Yeah. I, had a, I had a funny conversation yesterday uh, uh, at work, and... Uh, it was the you know it was the same old conversation where it's like oh yeah Joe Biden he's since he's senile and he can't even get a sentence out and I said as opposed to Donald Trump who sounds like he's fucking drunk every time he speaks honest to God man I will get into arguments with Harry not even arguments but like when he doesn't want to do something and gets yeah it, it's starts like acting petulant and I'll yeah. pull myself away from it and go oh my God this is exactly what Trump does. Yeah, is well, he doesn't then, get what he wants, and he lashes out, and he, and he yeah. hits the people he loves, or you know whatever. Yeah, yeah. well, and, and that was that was. Uh, I'm getting to the point where my arguments are. I'm not even arguments. It's like all I said was that he was like, "Oh, Trump is going to kill him in a debate." And I went, "No," I said, "But 
I said, that's fine if that's how you think about it. I said, if that's how you want to look at it. I said, to me, the perspective isn't that, oh, they're going to beat each other. I said, that's like taking bets on which 80-year-old man is going to get the Costco parking lot. Yeah. You know, the parking space. Parking you know, it's yeah. like two, literally, it's going to be the funniest goddamn debate of all time, except for the fact that the stakes are so high, because it's going to be two 80-year-old men fighting over a parking spot, over the handicapped parking spot at Costco. Why did you park there? Because I wanted to. It's just going yeah. to yeah. be terribly amusing. And their words, like, Trump always talks like an idiot. He always says the weirdest. Yeah. And Biden always kind of stumbles and all over Biden, everything he yeah. says. But the difference is that Trump, I think, does... Like he's a moron, but he chooses his words. I don't think that Biden chooses his words. I think his words well, see, get ahead of him. They're always see, like think, four steps ahead of him. Yeah, I think. Well, the thing is, I've watched Biden talk, uh, you know, when he's not under the, the heat, when it's yeah. just him. And he sounds fine. I mean, he doesn't right. sound like, totally. you know, he doesn't yeah. sound adult. Yeah, sure. He's, he's almost 80 years old, so he's probably a bit a step or two slower. Like his comment about, about you ain't black. Yeah. What what Trump. was that? I saw the headline. I didn't. <laughs> See, that thing is everybody wants to make that as like this horrible thing. I just went, if you follow Joe Biden at all in your whole life, if you look at any of his campaigns, you look at Joe Biden as a, as a legislator for 35 plus years. Yeah. That's just par for the fucking course. He yeah. says dumb shit. It's not like he's an asshole. It's just he just loses. He's just dumb shit. He just says something. It's like, this is in my mind and I'm going to say it, which makes him not that different from Trump with the exception that Trump is, I mean, it, I read this article. You have to read it in the Intelligence or uh, it's New York Magazine. It's uh, Andrew Sullivan, mm -hmm. and it's just it's just this flabbergasted. This man is the. I mean, like I can't I can't even say he's lying. It's that he's so deluded that he somewhere in the back of his mind he read what was that thing where you uh, there was like 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 that thing where if you believe it. You know, if you believe it hard enough, if you visualize making a oh, hundred thousand out the secret. The, sorry, is it the secret? Yeah, it's like he read the secret, and if I say it with enough confidence and enough times, yeah. no matter how untrue the pragmatic, it's like like his uh, inauguration numbers. If I say it right, enough right. times, then it will be true. And the thing that's sad is he says enough times, and forty five percent of the country believe him. No matter yeah. how many, no matter what objective reality is is in, if he keeps saying it, it's like he's the Steve Jobs of politics. If I just keep saying it, it this reality distortion effect will happen. Yeah. You know, and well, the thing that was amazing to me, and this is kind of extraordinary, is before all the pandemic happened, about fifty three percent of the country disapproved of Donald Trump mm -hmm. and about forty one percent approved of him. And extraordinary, and I find I, I just am kind of flabbergasted by it. Um, is that after all the pandemic, just the fucking horror show he's created? Fifty three percent of the American public disapprove of Donald Trump, and forty one percent approve. So his numbers through all of this have not changed at all. No, the same people that love Donald Trump still love Donald Trump, and it's just like I don't, I don't. It's like, it's like, wait a minute. Is Voldemort the snake? Is he attached <laughs> to the snake? I don't get how the magic works. Okay, that's kind of what it is. I just don't get it. It just makes me laugh. At this point, it just makes me laugh anymore. I can't even be upset about it. The outrage is... I mean, Dana was mentioning that in 2016, we all went through the, the cycles of grief. Except we've yeah. never hit the acceptance part. We're in the outrage part. We're still pissed off oh, about it. nobody's like, accepted it. He's still yeah, not my president. 
Oh no, I've I have oh, totally no. accepted you and I, you and I accepted it on November fourth yeah. or whatever date. Like yeah. it was like, all right, well, yeah. that's that. That's that. Now no, let's see how this works. But I so many people are just so people oh, posting so... or like pictures of in the new whatever wherever it is. The yeah. not my president. That's always bothered me from the very beginning because yeah. it's absurd. It's like, just just because just, you didn't vote for him. Well, it's yeah. It's just like Donald Trump toddler. I don't want. Mm-hmm. I, I'm gonna cry. And, well, it's the Mark Marin bit when he did uh, End Times uh, Fun yeah. or whatever. The, the it's like his bit where the guy is still in the office four years later, still losing his shit and crying at his desk. What's what's he crying about? Oh, it's Trump. Trump. Yeah. Again. <laughs> Again. They're like he's still crying again. Yeah. It's like yeah, yeah. You just can't get over it. And it's like that's exactly what it is. Like a bunch of children. Yeah. All right. Back to <clears throat> yeah. Forty-one years. Okay. So Forty-one. My, and yeah. you know I do this every year, and I do it every fucking year. Uh, is what did I learn in the previous year? My forty-first. So in your case, okay. So starting May twenty-sixth, twenty nineteen. Now, the the hard part is, in this question, is that pandemic has kind of... I mean, I read read somewhere, it's like, my 20s were ruined by the pandemic. It's been eight fucking weeks. Yeah. Shut the fuck Shut up, the fuck right? Up. Yeah. This did not ruin it. But it looms so large that it kind of takes everything else. So yeah. go back go back to May 26, 2019, <laughs> and think through the summer, think through the fall, pre-pandemic. What are some of the things that you can say you learned during that time um well in a to just like put it let's sandwich that just for a second because what i've been thinking a lot about is that from may 26th 2019 to may 26th 2020 yes that's the that's the exercise there are in 2019 like it began my my I guess it was my 41st year began, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So my 41st 41st year year began with disappointment. We were on the plane going to Holbosch, Mexico to celebrate my 40th birthday. And the big, the reason we went to Holbosch, this tiny little beautiful island uh, just north of the Yucatan Peninsula was to swim with the whale sharks. On the plane, I was working and I had my email open (laughs) and I got an email that said, we have to cancel the, the swim. They something happened with Mexico, like the the federal government wasn't giving out um, permits to swim with these animals, you know, because everything's protected. It's a very protected area. So like right away, there was this really big disappointment of, you know, this. I wanted to swim with a whale shark. Yeah, my 40th birthday, this exciting thing and gone. And I I told Katie on the plane, I go, I need about 20 minutes to mourn this. Like, I, I need to, this is a real bummer, a real, real bummer. <laughs> um, so there was, there was that. Um, and then two weeks before then, my grandmother had just died. So like, I was kind yeah, of, okay. I was coming into 40. You're coming into 40 with, with. Like disappointment, with like, ah. And, and, and what's, and what's, and what's really sad and, uh, and, and strangely vapid is that you compare just now. Yeah. You've compared your feelings of loss. Yep. From your grandmother dying mm-hmm. in the same breath from you not being able to do what the most wealthy people in the world get to do. 100% the same thing. Yep. Okay. Yep. All right. I just 100% wanted to point that out. 100% the same thing. Well, I mean. <laughs> I know. Well, see, I know exactly how you feel because, you know, uh, you know, recently when my nephew died, um, 
I, I was I was very upset about it. And yeah. then later that afternoon, I wanted a grilled cheese sandwich. Right. And there just wasn't any good thick Texas toast. Mm, and I just yeah, was, and I said, Kid, and I looked at Dana and I said, okay. Let's put Ryan's death aside because I need 20 minutes to mourn the lack of grilled cheese. It's like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. No, I, I get it. And then what happened August, <laughs> I think it was like August 1st, my great uncle, my great uncle Ivan died. And I remember thinking- And then like a week later, your shoestring broke. Well, and you no. Had to, could, I need to mourn equally. No, I, I was I was fine with Uncle Ivan dying because I was like, well, <laughs> well look, man, I've <laughs> I've seen hard times. I didn't get to swim with the whale sharks. Yeah, yeah, you, I you, you've been through, through the worst. Anything. Yeah, like I'll. Yeah, you've been. That, that, I can see that. That's beautiful. Give me another nine eleven. I got this shit. I got this shit. The yeah. whale sharks were done, and I've I've weathered the storm, my yeah. friends. But I mean, at the time when I was turning forty, I was in this weird. I just I needed. Fuck it! I just really wanted to go. So I don't need to. Get all poetic about it. It was a bummer, and I was fine. Like I was, just, yeah, yeah. No, it was totally. Son, you were I very looking forward to it, and you. And the thing is, you'd spent your forty, your fortieth year, uh, having a baby, and and kind of getting into yeah. that, you know, kind of getting into that zone. And I remember, as I recall, you go back and listen to the Apecast. If mm-hmm. anybody ever goes back and listens to our fucking Apecast, you can listen around that time. There are a couple episodes where you were really feeling kind of uh, selfish because. Everything was about Katie and everything was about Harry yeah. and you were kind of left out. You were kind of on the sidelines and you were feeling it. Yeah. So on your birthday, this thing that you, that you finally was like, can I just have something for me? Just want something for me. That has yeah. nothing to do with pregnancy and nothing to do with being a new dad and all of that pressure. But yeah. Can I just fucking have a thing for me? And the thing you wanted was that. And then it got taken away from yeah. you. And it was like, so I get it. Yeah. And sure. it was fun. Like, we had a wonderful time down there. And you know what? We can go back because, counter to, to your point of what the wealthiest people in the world get to do, it's not that expensive. I mean, it ain't cheap. It's not like a $25 flight down to Mexico, you know, but yeah. it's not, I can pretty much it's not an insanely you, expensive thing. I can pretty much guarantee you that the, 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 you know, the, 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 the 45-year-old woman who's been working at Costco for most of her adult life can't afford to go swim the whale sharks. She could probably afford to go with the money. What she can't afford is to put that body in a bathing suit. Oh! oh. I just fat shamed a poor person. The, like a random uh, <laughs> and completely anonymous straw man. Yep. Don't uh, even, yep. Fat, like poor person. Wow. Yep. That's, you're impressive. You, yeah. You, you are, 41 has taught you a lot. I'm so, right. impressed. <laughs> So yeah, so I, <laughs> I, I, I really like that you do this every year. You think back, uh, what did you learn in that year? So that's yeah, I'm, what, I'm stealing a page out of that book. Um, that's well, that's the whole point. The yeah. only reason I share it with people is not so they can go, hey, look at how evolved Don is. Right. I want to do it too, because I think it's I for me it is something <clears throat> I find very instructive for me, <clears throat> and I like to share that. Uh, so yeah, so what did you learn? I can see you getting your notebook out. So yeah. what did you learn in forty one? So I'm going to try, I wrote down a bunch of things. Um, and I feel like one of the things that caught me that I found was that, that I thought was interesting when you did yours this year was a lot of your, you've learned them before. Like you just kind of oh, relearned yeah. them or were like reminded of them again. So because fundamentally I'm a, I'm a very stupid man with a short memory, apparently. Well, no, I don't think that's it though. I think that you it's, know. it's that it's like, oh shit, I've. 
I do know that. I knew and that. I was and I was re- it was shown again and yeah, it was just it reinfo- was reiterated. reinforced, reiterated, yeah. yeah. Uh but the first thing that came to mind as I, as I was thinking about this, other um well, I guess the second thing is the first thing is that since I couldn't swim with the whale sharks, I can handle anything. Okay, there you go. So the whale sharks proved you that you have a, 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 a steel in yeah, your spine I, I have st- that allows you to handle all adversity. Good. Right. That's yep. good. That's a good yep. lesson to learn. Uh, but I thought this was a really interesting thing that I learned, that f- turning 40 wasn't scary to me. A lot of people are like, oh, 40. Turning 40 wasn't scary to me, but inching past it is scary for me. Yep. That surprises me. Um, and I, and that I feel like leads into everything else that I've learned over the year. Um, for instance, um, I think, and maybe this doesn't really count because I'm not sure about it, but I think that I may be an imposter in some ways, um, which feeds into that I'm afraid. I'm more afraid than I used to be. In everything, like I don't, it's like a, it's a worry. Um, like I'm, I'm afraid of my health. I'm afraid of my wife's health, the health of our son, the health of our dog, You're afraid of, of our for friends. Them. You're not afraid of your health. You're uh, of, afraid for, for your yes, health. For their okay. Health. Yeah. yeah I mean, like, because yeah, I was like, I want to make sure that that's clear. Yeah. Yes. Like I'm not afraid to be healthy. I'm afraid that it, I'll be unhealthy. Yeah. Or yeah. that, and this is, this is not COVID-19 related. This is pretty, No, no, this is yeah. just, yeah. Um, but this whole, maybe I'm an imposter, is that I'm afraid of being mediocre, um, of being unimpactful and ineffective, of never like getting the things that I've wanted in my life for my family, for my friends, for me, for my career, uh, that like I've, I'm too old for this shit. Like it's the, you know, the, the cats are out of the bed, the cat's not out of the bag, the, the boat has left the harbor, like you you missed the ship. You're over. Yeah, you, you've climbed the hill. Now you're starting to cascade down the side of the yeah. hill. And what the fuck else is there to do? Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, kind of like that midlife thing. It it's very. Yeah. Well, that's what forty and forty one is all about. Is like kind of coming to grips with the fact that you're no longer uh, the young the young man. You know, like setting the tone for cultural uh, popularity. Yeah, you know, women, if, women, young women that run around and are give her, they don't they don't look at you the same. They're way. not now doing you're it for that, me. Yeah. Now you're that old creepy guy that that that's yep. staring them down and thinking in some level that you're still like 25 years old, but they know they know they can smell they it on you a mile of fucking way. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. They know they know better than I do. Yeah. Oh yes, they do. Yeah. Um. But my guide, you nailed it there. Yeah. Uh. I, there was, <laughs> I've, I don't, I don't know. What, no, no, go th- there, go there, no, go there. Come on. Well, this isn't something I've learned because I've always, I've always been a pervert, you know. Oh yeah, well, yeah, yeah. But, that's you didn't learn that. You knew that a long time ago about yourself. And I've, I've been trying to figure out like, am I a creepy pervert now, or am I still doing a good job of hiding it? That I don't know. I think that's what I'll learn in this forty-second year, if I can, yeah. if I can maintain my cool. In my perversion, or am I going to be like when I'm walking Molly and like scoping out the the yoga the hot pants? Chicks, right, you yeah. know, yeah, dude, uh, dude, I'm going to tell you, I dated a 20 year old when I was like 45, so 
maybe maybe I would not do not do not do not pass off your your creepy old man vibe. Give it a couple more years before you kind of hit that moment and go, "What the fuck?" Yeah. I want to fuck her and I'm older than her dad and that's when it starts to hit you like Oh, I'm kind of a I'm kind of a I'm gross. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm a, no wonder, <laughs> no wonder I am literally that old guy with hair coming out of his ears and his eyebrows that are like shelves on his face. Right. right. <laughs> going, "Hello, young lady." Oh, and they're going, "Yuck." Yeah. That's you're not there yet. Yeah, like it was one thing when I was 18 and saying to 17-year-old girls, hey, you want me to buy you a pack of cigarettes? Yeah, it's totally different. Yeah, Not yeah. nearly as creepy as being 41 and going, uh, hey, do you want me to buy you so, a pack of so cigarettes? You're, <laughs> so you're so you're a babysitter for a living? Yeah, 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 exactly. You're a creep. Kate and I were talking about that yesterday because I told her that we were, I was out walking Molly and there was some, or maybe I was out with Harry. Harry and I were out on his, he was on his bike and, or his tricycle and- there was a, a nanny, a young, and she was gorgeous. Sure. But she was also really done up. Like she was, it's like she, she was working a magic. She was working a magic. She was like, I'm taking the baby on the walk and I'm going to fucking put it out there. And if you're listening, thank you. And, <laughs> and good on you. But I just, I thought it was so funny. I was just like, wow, like this nanny, like really. She really went for that walk. She really committed to it. And so I was telling Katie about it. And Katie goes, yeah, I think that if she goes, yeah, she's probably fucking the husband or something. I go, or the wife or the husband and the wife. We don't know what kind of shit people are into. That's cool. She goes, yeah, that's a good point. She said, if we ever had to hire a nanny, I think that I would want like an old, ugly, gross instead of a young, hot one. And I go, I appreciate that. I appreciate you thinking that a hot, young piece of ass would want to bang this old, decaying, skinny, weird, bearded, whatever the fuck I am. You know, thank you. Thank you for thinking that I have some sexual value and some sexual credit left in this world that extends okay, beyond wanna... between your legs. I appreciate and I that. Just, and, and here is a lesson <laughs> that, that I will share with you that even though you, apparently you didn't learn this lesson, but I will point out, that was not Katie saying, I think that the young au pair will fuck my decaying husband. <laughs> That was Katie okay. saying, I don't want I don't want my husband, my old decaying, decrepit right. old man husband. That was not her assuming that she would want to fuck you. That no, was not right. that. It was that Katie was like, I don't want to fucking have to live with David as he tries to prim and, and pose and be the cool young dad kind of thing, even though he's already past his prime. Yeah. She didn't want to have to watch you go through your machinations of trying to impress right, right. the 22-year-old au pair. Sure. It had nothing to do with her believing that the au pair was going to want to fuck you. I'm just yeah. saying. No, no, you're right. You're totally, it was totally not, right. It was, yeah. yeah. So I'm just, I just, it's a lesson that I have learned at 54 that you need to, <laughs> I need to impart wisdom on you. That it wasn't about her wanting you, dude. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a really, really good point. See, that's, pers- that's, what, I, that's what I hope to learn this year is a, a different kind of perspective. <laughs> Yeah. Well, there's a point. The thing is, and it's interesting because, uh, you know, 41 years old, and again, these are your lessons, not mine, because yeah. I've already learned, I already learned my 40 lessons uh, at 41. But uh, it's really interesting because it is the beginning of that. You know, we're talking about like the, the stages of grief with Donald Trump. Yeah. It's sort of like, uh, 
as you get to a certain page, you get to a certain page in your life, you begin the process of mourning your youth. That was my next thing on my list. But yeah, continue. and and yeah. and that process is that at first there is there's 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 a point where you have grief and you can't get over it and anxiety about it and then you're angry about it, you know, and mm. then at some point you kind of you kind of accept it and you go, all right, this, you know, I can't reclaim that. Yeah. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I can't, there's nothing about me that allows it. And then I, I hope, and I'm, I think I'm, I don't know if I'm there at 54, but I'm definitely on the cusp of going, yeah, okay. I'm an old guy and yeah, I'm okay with it. You know, it's like, all right, this is, uh, this is not that bad, you know, because if you sit and piss and moan about your lost youth and, you know, my dad right now is really having a hard time because, I mean, he's to the point where, I mean, this is a man's man, right? Yeah. This is, and, you know, he's doing dialysis three times a week. He can barely fucking walk across a yard yeah. without becoming completely fatigued. And he's really having a hard time. I've watched him. He's he's better than he used to be, but really having a hard time sort of accepting the fact that he can't do physically it. he can't do the things he used to do. So yeah. you said that that was the next on your list. Yeah, that I... I, I really miss being a kid or I think it's more that I miss being around me as a kid. Um, like, like having two Davids. Like I just, like I want to hang out with, with David, with younger David. I don't know if you remember this, but last year, this time, the ape cast we recorded for your birthday. Was I saying the same that thing? Was, that was the that was the thing that was like yeah. you were really on there. It's like I really want to meet, yeah, and hang out with myself when I was twenty. You yep. really focused. I mean, this that has was been a big a theme part of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. You it's really been liked a theme your... throughout this year. Is and as as I recall on that episode, uh, I had you describe who you were when you were twenty. And as I recall, we we both realized you were a dick when you were twenty, and why would you want to hang out with that guy? So anyway, yeah, yeah, but keep like, going, yeah. So like, yeah, hang out like forty year old David or forty one year old David hangs out with twenty year old David, twenty one um, year old David, or twenty one year old David, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but I also want to hang out with nineteen year old David and twelve year old David and eight year old David and five year old and two year old. Like, I want to know because I don't remember all of it. And I'd like to see what I was like back then, but like what it what it was like to know me, to experience me from the outside. So you kind of want to have like a, a Scrooge uh, experience where you get to go back and watch yourself grow up. Yeah, yeah. So what I, is what is it about that that journey mm -hmm. at forty one? What is fascinating? Why is that like something? And it's not really a lesson. It's just sort of like a, a thing you'd like to do. Why? Yeah. Is that why is that something that is important to you right now, in, I, in in context with the fact that you seem and, and I think this is I don't know if correct me if I'm wrong, it seems that you're feeling like as you're turning as you're going into your 41st, you're finding more things to be anxious about. Mm -hmm. I and so if you, so where is that connected in some way, Don? I think it's parenthood, honestly, or okay, maybe. I was I was just about to say maybe more specifically fatherhood, but what's the fucking difference? Like I think same thing, yeah. Because I I was saying to Katie the other night, um, you know Harrison is two, and he's <laughs> you know he's he's getting more words and he's stringing sentences together and he's I I believe that this is when he's gonna start remembering stuff that he will remember 
for his entire life. Yeah. That when he's 41, he'll be talking to his buddy going, yeah, I remember our, the apartment, my first apartment in Chicago. During the vaguely, COVID thing. you know, like. Sure, yeah. My mom and dad got me a ball pit, like, or, you know, to keep me or, busy yeah, or whatever, stuff, the, whatever yeah. the fuck it was. Um, because I can remember being Harry's age vaguely and being in our, our home in Park Forest and the few toys I had and like little like just drop in moments. And I was saying to Katie yeah, yeah. that Harry's going to he's this is what he's going to remember. Like now but his life gonna, is yeah, going to be but his memories be are piece, built. Yeah. It's just going to be pieces, though. So you don't know what those pieces are like. I remember, too. There are things I remember, but it's so, I mean, I remember a Peter Pan record mm-hmm. that my mom mm-hmm. had that I, with the pokey little puppy on one side, it was a 45 and on one side, it was the story of the pokey little puppy. And on the other side, it was little fat police. This is what really sticks. Us. I remember the fucking song, little fat policeman on the street. Yeah. And it's basically about a fat cop. These, this is something I remember <laughs> from when I was two. Listening to it over and over and over, but I and I still can hear the song, you know. And that that song, the little fat policeman. That's um, Ice T's band, Body Count. That did well, that. They're going to do that. Was the right. thing is Ariana Ariana Grande is going to do uh, a Ariana cover who? of it. What did you say? I don't fucking know who she is. Whatever her name is. What did you say? What's Ari- her name? Ariana. Ar- <laughs> Ariana Grande. Yeah, Grande. Grande. But right yeah, up. you said it like Ariana Gar- I said it- Garage Grande. Band. Garage Band, yeah, that one. Ariana Garage Band, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she's going to do a cover. Because if you heard the fucking, I don't even know, this drives me nuts. Total side note. This drives me fucking nuts that, like, there's a there's a, a pop, I don't know if it's Roman Mars, or I don't know who all these people are, but there's a fucking pop song that is a top 40 song, right? Yeah. If they have top 40s anymore, that is effectively heart and soul. What? Da, da, da. Yeah. Da, 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 da. The fucking thing you learn on the, the piano, piano when like, you're yeah. too stupid to learn how to play piano. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a pop song, and that's the fucking tune. And I'm like, what the fuck? I mean, Ariana Grande or Garage Band or whatever does uh, <laughs> a, a, basically a version of my favorite things from fucking uh, Sound of Music. Oh yes. And it's a pop song. Yeah. But the worst is like this rando fucking pop song that's a set that is I mean you can't escape it da 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 and I want to like are you serious that that's the best inspiration you have for a song is to pick this like hey child you're too stupid to actually learn to play the piano but if you get over here and go boom ba da ba boom ba da and then you can play that one thing day 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 with your fucking single finger yeah. what the fuck that's a pop song anyway do you want to do them one better and write some lyrics and record um a version of chopsticks uh, see that's what i'm thinking it's like it, it that, that it's got to be there i want to i want to do a pop song i want to go get like a 20 year old rapper and say okay i've got this great song here's the melody Da 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 da. Can you make a pop song out? It's like what the fuck. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that it's being being a dad and watching Harry. Oh, so I was saying that like what what Harry remembers that he, this is probably the moment like where he's going to start remembering things throughout his life. And of course, he's been able to remember th- because that's how he learns. You know, like he when he was one, he remembered that I was daddy. Like he's not a fucking idiot or a computer that just got turned on and now his memory is running but these are the like i don't know that he'll remember his first birthday without pictures you know um replacing a piece of and 
And Katie was saying, like, well, he's remembered everything. I go, yeah, but like now his life is going to be like, it's a different kind of memory than, yeah. you know, and. So you want to go back and see the stuff you don't remember? Well, because see I'm. The context of the stuff you did remember. I want right? all of it. I want all of it. I want the context. Yeah. I want to know the things I don't remember. I want to see the things I do remember and see if I remember them the right way okay. as they all happen right. or just see what they were like. From the outside, you know, like yeah, you're sort of reflecting back on on what those pivotal pivotal and it because I assume you're talking about the pivotal moments. You don't want to see the days where nothing happened. I maybe a few of those just for yeah, con- yeah. you know, just for context so, so and like, breath. Yeah, like what 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 has brought you to this point? That yes, you're now reflecting as a 41 year old man, yes. you were reflecting on. What experiences have created you yeah. as you are today? Okay, that's I yeah. think that's interesting. Because yeah. I'm able to do it with Harry and I. Everything that there's pr- not a day that goes by. This isn't. It's not constant throughout every day, but there's not a day that goes by where I don't think about him and what kind of the person he'll be when he is 41 or 12 or five or whatever. You know? Yeah, whatever. Yeah. And I'm gonna get to watch Harry grow up the way my dad watched me. You know, like, but, but you can't also can't help like projecting yourself into that. Like, okay, Harry's doing this at two and Katie and I will sometimes look at each other and be like, oh my God, that's totally me when I was a kid, you know, but was it? And, and what would, is it the same? Like how different is it? Or is it, is it, is it weird how similar he is to both of us? Yeah. yeah. There's just, there's this like existential pull of my own weird um, reflections and interest in history's journey. Well, you know, and I, I think there's a there's some merit because I, I think there's a certain point because you know the, you, lots of the reason the reason lots of yoga instructors have to remind us yeah. to live it to live in the moment is not because we're good at it. Mm-mm. It's because at a certain point we stop living in the moment and we start living in a moment of nostalgia or reflection or self-reflection. And it seems like now at 41, you're starting to, to really delve into, at least that's what I'm getting, delve into the reflection of what you've done with your life. I mean, Mm -hmm. you mentioned your anxiety about being mediocre, you know, your fear of being mediocre. That's all about what have I done in my life that brings me to this point and what could I have done differently. It was like one of the things I remember thinking, and I don't think this, this was somewhere time in my forties, but I thought, wow, what if I just decided not to go to college and had just gone straight to Chicago and started the second city? Yeah. You know, and those guys, and I'm, you know, it's like, oh, I would have been in this company that are now making billions of dollars doing their fucking funny. Maybe I would have gotten it. And then I think, Eh, but that's not the choice I made. So I, I can't get into a Mobius strip of like, oh, what a coulda, shoulda. But yeah, that's, I think that's part of it. Yeah. So here's, here's the, the, the interesting thing about what, what you're just saying there. Cause that does, again, well done here. Bringing me to my next point. The thing that nice. I've learned is we could go back um, into this drawer right here at my desk and I could pull up some drawings and writings that I did when I was 12 years old. And at 12 years old, and even before then, I was a very introspective, romantic kid, really interested in time, looking back, considering the journey that got me to where I was when I was 12. Like, I haven't changed at all. It, this, like, I was having a midlife crisis 
30 years before my midlife was happening. Yeah, 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 yeah. You were you've been you've been that kid. Have you seen Good Boys? Not yet. Uh have we? I don't think we have yet. You got to see Good Boys yeah. because the thing I thought was funny about Good Boys because they're all sixth graders. Yeah. And you get three kids mm-hmm. and their three best friends, the Beanbag Boys. Yeah. What I thought was very interesting is that and I don't want to get too specific, but at the end of the day, they all find themselves kind of, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, they're just, they're misfit kids and they all have their different things. And at the end of the day, and I went, oh, I know which sixth grader I was. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, because that, for as embarrassing as it is that I could, I know exa- that the kid that is got a different girlfriend every week and that, and there, and he's totally in love with that girlfriend and he's not the coolest kid. He's just like, this is the kid he is. Like, I'm not the kid that uh, is, at the time, not the musical theater yeah. musician kid, and I'm not the fucking rule follower, I'm going to be a part of the, you know, community watch kid. I'm the kid <laughs> that has a different girlfriend every week. I'm that kid. It's I like was that kid. How in- yeah, it's like, how yeah. interesting is it that you watch that movie? That's why it resonates, because, like, you know, I can I can see connections to each one of the kids of how I was when I was a which kid. Which Sex in the City character are you? But yeah. that's exactly yeah. what it is, which is really fascinating. Yeah. And for middle-aged white guys, I guess that's uh, that's kind of a movie you could do that with. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. For women, it's like... Like Goonies. I'm in my Goonies 20s is an example. 30s. Yeah. Um, in fact, my, my pledge name in the fraternity was Mouth from Goonies. See, there I you, was... Yeah. There you go. Yeah. 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 It's like, that's... And I'm okay. totally... I was totally Corey Feldman in the... Like, that's the Goonie I would be, is I'd be Corey Feldman. I was mouth. All right, there you go. All um, right, all right, your mouth. But yeah, there's, I, I don't take the time anymore, to, to be with myself, um, to like just be quiet and reflect. Like I don't write, I don't, uh, I don't journal, or write poetry as much anymore. You know, like I used to do all that, yeah. all that you know emo teenage shit. You know, <laughs> like that carried yeah. on into my. 30s to some degree. I think it really kind of stopped when I got married. Um, and I, I don't know. That's, this is what I'm trying to figure out. This is like what I'm hunting for is why did I stop? What is the reason that I stopped being like I, I put the introspective, reflective part of me. I kind of, it just kind of got like pushed away. Is it marriage? Is it fatherhood? Is it um, that I'm more concerned with holding down a job, uh, you know, and I, and I let that stress and worry or my health, you know, like skin cancer and just getting older. And, you know, now I have Katie to worry about and my parents are getting older, like we're all getting, and I just, I occupy my mind, not with, with being reflective, but with worrying in the now rather than well, thinking the larger picture When you of, were 21, you had nothing to lose. Right. You thought you did, yeah. you had nothing to lose. Yeah. And now... At a forty-one year, you have things that losing would would be not would 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 cause it would be way more than I didn't get to swim with the whale sharks. It would be I have lost something that that is valuable. I mean, your health, your family, your marriage, your job. I mean, these are things as you grow, as you get older, and you start to accumulate a life. Yeah. At a certain point, you don't want to lose that. So I think your anxiety comes from the fact that I don't want to lose it. I don't want to lose that it. I, but yeah, yeah. The, to that, that that said, I would totally give up my marriage to swim at the whale sharks for just like twenty minutes. Like Katie, really? Katie could take your up, whole take, marriage, pack up the kid, pack up the dog, pack up the wife, the never sharks. see them again, just for fifteen minutes to swim at the whale sharks. Yeah, to- without question. 
And based on Without that, I question. think Katie and I think Katie would agree with me that that the the, the the poetic justice of that moment of your emo twenty one year old poetry writing days would be all right, honey. I'm sorry, but they're giving me twenty minutes with the whale sharks, so we're getting a divorce. Is that then a whale shark would fucking eat your whole lower half off, and then you would stay alive and have no lower torso for the rest <laughs> of your days? I think she'd be all right with that because that you know you know worth it. It's worth it. That would be worth it. Yeah, I mean, come on. I'm in beautiful, warm water, like this gorgeous fish. I'm so in, basically, I'm in you Mexico. haven't learned, in 41 years, you really haven't learned anything, is what you're telling me. Look, man, what do I need legs for? I tried <laughs> I tried running a marathon last year, and all my leg did was fucking break. So, fuck my legs. Fuck Actually, my you know, legs. that's another thing that I learned this year. I'm not there as strong as I think I am. Well, that's kind of, we I, all learn that. I am not as strong as I think I am. Um... But I think what, what I do instead of like, yes, there's more to lose. And that's what prevents me from taking those chances or maybe writing a thing that I want to write. Because what if my mother-in-law sees it? I don't want to make shit weird, you know, or my, and I just pull that out. Like I, I'm not like holding yeah, on yeah, to something yeah, yeah. about my mother-in-law, but um, I could, I really could take the time to be reflective every day to quote unquote meditate or some version of that, you know, just to be quiet and sit with myself, things that I need that I love to do all of my life that is harder to do now because I don't live alone. You're old. You know, and, I'm, and I've got a, a kid and a dog and a wife. And as we were texting earlier this week, a wife that wants to fucking talk to me when I have no fucking <laughs> interest in fucking talking to anybody. Fucking God damn it. Like there are times when I can't, when I ask for quiet, <laughs> And I'm granted it, but then they she just fucking ignores the peace treaty. And anyway, well, see the thing is, you guys don't have what. <laughs> and maybe maybe it's that Dana is just way more cut and dry. But we have a really good policy of that. Is um, when I need to have alone time, I just go and I kind of I kind of just take it right. Yeah, and I protect it, and she sometimes gets it and sometimes doesn't. When she needs alone time, she says, "Okay, go fuck off." Yeah. You know, and it's like, okay, so what are you doing? I'm fucking off. And it's like very clear about the alone. You and Katie need to have some code words that say, oh, buddy. I need some alone time and don't be bothering me. Here's the code word to use for that. Katie, I need some alone time. Please don't bother me. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. She thinks of something she wants. And I, look, man, when she, when she fucking dies, I'll miss it. But while she's alive, it's really fucking annoying. <laughs> Welcome to welcome to forty one. Right? Welcome to that is the sum up. All right, give me give me give me three quick hints and then let's go to move on. Yeah, um, because it's your give you know your yeah, birthday. So we're learning stuff. The three last things because I mean I could go deeper into the other. Yeah, stuff. Yeah, exactly. We could we could do we'll, a nineteen we'll, hour yeah. podcast. That's how it works. Yeah. Uh, but the three quick hits. Um, I can live in filth. My house is fucking. <laughs> like I. <laughs> I can live in filth. I always thought that I couldn't, but nope, I can, I'm fine. I'm fine with this. And look, man, this, it's not like this is unsafe filth. It's not like hoarders or anything like that. It's clutter. It's clutter. It's a lot of dust. There's fucking bits of dog toy guts and fucking Katie shits all over the place and Harry shits all over the place. And I, my shits all over the place because I don't fucking care anymore. I can't keep up after all of us. I can live in filth. That was a big, big lesson to learn. All right, um, that's a good lesson. The other lesson that I learned, and this is as early as this morning, I learned this. 
if I was a girl, if I had been a girl when I was born, my name would have been Catherine, and my parents probably would have called me Katie. Oh, wow, that's weird. Isn't that weird? And my mom said that, and she's like, so in a way, we got a Catherine anyway, which I thought was really sweet, you know, because... Yeah, that's, yeah, that's adorable. But, and... Yeah, weird that I just was like, huh, that's... It's not like a life lesson, but I had hey, no fucking David, idea. David, right? in the age of gender fluidity, yeah, you could go for that. You could go for a Katie. I should start doing be, <laughs> like, yeah, you be you be Katie. When people address and, Katie, we'll, both of us will go yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Just just to just say you identify as Catherine and uh, see how that goes. So, while you know, despite all of the, like the deep emotional soul searching stuff that I learned, sure, um, sure, there's all of that that's really heavy. Um, and the big thing of knowing I can live in filth, that's a big one. But the biggest, big. the biggest thing that I learned this year, I can grow a beard. I knew that was where it was going. I, right? knew, I could see it on your face when well, you were saying it. Of course you can see my face because I've got a fucking beard on it. And, and, as, and as we talked before we started recording, the beard is sort of a, it's got that Justin Bieber, <laughs> I'm, trying, I'm trying just a little too hard. I mean, it's not a bad beard, but there's some patchiness that I, like I said, I suggested Maybe some mascara or that spray hair on your face, you know, because <laughs> at 41, you still look like you're 19 trying to grow a beard. And that's the good thing. That's you the saw best the picture part. of me. You saw the picture of me. I sent you that where I look like fucking Weird Al Yankovic and I've got the fucking mullet and then my mustache. There's this big gap in between where it just won't grow. You look like the most racist cartoon drawing of a Mexican. Like that's, <laughs> you know, you know what I'm talking about. I know like exactly what you're talking that, about. That is not how I would see it, but that is very yeah. funny that that's it. Um, and that, but that's the thing is that's kind of what your beard looks like. Yeah, is my mustache in 1985. So, and I didn't just see that picture. I've saved it. Oh, of course. And yeah. I've spent a lot of time thinking of how I will use that one day, and I'm going to wait for the universe to bring me that opportunity, to bring you that moment. Yeah. To fucking yeah. Well, the thing is, I wouldn't sit it out if I were if I were somehow ashamed of it. Sure. I saw that. Oh, I know. We saw that when we were at my mom's house. There's oh, there's other pictures. Yeah. I'll send you other because I am telling you, I was not an attractive younger man. <laughs> I was. I had a bad fashion sense, and uh, well, yeah, but no, you there grew was up. You grew up in a time where fashion was kind of having a. a struggle an internal struggle yeah, the itself. 80s the 80s the 80s was a fashion nightmare um and i definitely embraced so oh yeah 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 so yeah go back into your, your but you uh, had a mullet college. you had like a beautiful little like, i did i little did soccer have, mullet. I, did, I did have a mullet and i yeah, i yeah. envy you for that because i wanted one i wanted specifically i wanted my hair cut like hall and oats yeah well joe's reaction to that picture was i loved you in foreigner yeah <laughs> <laughs> That's, can you do an acoustic set? Yeah. All right, Simeon cohort. Here's Don and David with the six things you should do for the week. Uh, my first thing uh, is a read. I want you to read. It's in the New York Times. Uh, this you maybe already have. Um, is Ronan Farrow too good to be true? By Ben Smith. Uh, what a weird article. I need to read it. I've read it twice. And I need to yeah. read it again because I'm not quite sure what it's driving at. Is it, is it showing that Ronan Farrow is, has done some hack journalism, which sounds like it's not hack, but it's a little, it's a little shaky, a little shaky. But is it also maybe saying, is the subtext saying Me Too has gone too far and it's starting to hurt our people on the left, so maybe let's back off of it and... 
take it easy oh, on see, people. See what I got from that article is know. it was it was it was a the BuzzFeed editor who's yeah. now working for the New York Times yes. saying I don't like this fucking smug cunt. This <laughs> Sinatra. So I'm gonna I'm gonna try to write a piece that says he's not all that, even though he got a Pulitzer and took down Harvey Weinstein. Could be. You know, I mean, yeah. You know, I get that. I mean, that I didn't think it was anything more that it had nothing to do with me too. It had nothing to do with uh, Ronan's shady. Because I, you know, the thing is, I don't think it's shady. I mean, you know, it's like you you have to make certain in writing investigative journal. You have to make certain intuitive jumps. Yeah. Or you don't go anywhere, right? And I think he did that in a couple of cases. But the fact is, he's still right. And yeah. I think this was yeah. just I mean, Harvey Weinstein this, and Matt Lauer needed to go. Yeah. We know that. I think yeah. this. I think this. I think this is a writer who was like, how, you know, how do I? How do I beat the thirty-two-year-old child of Frank Sinatra? So I'm going to write a Frank's piece. Is he Frank's kid? Said, I, he's well. They, he's they, Woody they, Allen and oh yeah, fu- yeah. Fucking look at him. Does he look anything no, like little Jewish Woody Allen? He's fucking Frank Sinatra's kid. Hey, give me okay. a fucking right. break. Right. Okay. He I, looks I, like I Frank Sinatra's that, kid. That, yeah, I, yeah, I know. No, I know. Okay, he, I just wanted to. He's fucking yeah. everybody with a fucking eyeball can yeah. tell you that Rowan Farrow is not Woody Allen's child. Yeah, it's like you uh, look more like Woody Allen's child than Rowan right, Farrow. Does. Yes, totally. Yeah, you know. So um, no, I highly recommend you read that. Yeah, I yeah, agree with it's that. it's an interesting read. Um, but again, not reading it a third time now with your perspective. Yeah, yeah. That, what a fun little tale that is. Yeah, so read that. Give that a go. Yeah, um, mine is also a read. It is in Wired Magazine, written by Andy Greenberg. It is called The Confessions of Marcus Hutchins. Let me read you the blurb. At 19, he was a security blogger with a mysteriously deep understanding of malware. At 22, he single-handedly put a stop to WannaCry, the worst cyber attack the world had ever seen. Then, just as he was being celebrated as the Internet's savior, Marcus Hutchins was arrested by the FBI. It is a great goddamn story. It's really long. This is a long read. But it is absolutely riveting. Hmm. Okay. Because um, this kid, you know, I mean, and it's not like, oh, this poor kid. I mean, he fucked up and he was, he was, he, you know, he was a part of some shady shit as he was learning to hack. Um, but then, and really just almost happenstance, he did. He effectively saved billions of dollars and hundreds of thousands of lives because this WannaCry uh, malware was destroying the entire infrastructure of digital and hospitals. I mean, people were going to die. And he managed to basically save the world in in sort of the hacker. And then, like, as he's here in Vegas, being bought drinks and hanging out and smoking, you know, weed, FBI comes and they fucking take him in. And, you know, and what it reminded me of is a a digital cyber hacker version of Molly's game. Uh, Yeah. That's what it reminded me of. So it's a good, it's a super good read. Yeah. Wired Magazine, Andy Greenberg, The Confessions of Marcus Hutchins. Read it. You'll love it. Andy Greenberg. I think I've, if it's the same one, eh, I'll figure that out later. Okay, not important. Yeah. Not important to this show. Um, my next thing is uh, is a watch. Although I, yeah, it's a watch. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I had a, never mind. Watch on Netflix, Patton Oswalt. I love everything. Okay. Uh, good. This is his new new stand up special. I love that. Yeah. Love I it. don't think it's his strongest stuff. Um, 
But it's Pat Oswalt. He's happy. I know, well, right? It's, it's, yeah. it's because he's happy, which is sort of like saying, you know, Sting, as soon as he was happy, his music turned to shit. <laughs> I was going to say That's, Paul McCartney but, or, like, uh, or yeah, Phil Collins, soon, like any, like, yes, Peter Gabriel. As soon as the angst is gone, right, yeah. the pain is gone, it becomes kind of uh, Disney. And so, but yeah. I'm still going to watch it. Yeah. That's, yeah. Just to quickly on that point, this is not a lesson that I learned when I was in my 41st year, but. This is something that I worry, I've worried about for a long time is what happens when my angst goes away, when my, when all of that, you know, that I felt has fueled me for so long and I feel like it has. And that's like, oh shit, I am going to be mediocre because I'm, I'm fine. You know, like there's, is the fire dying down or I'm just burned out? I don't think it's that the fire is dying down. And this is, I can speak for myself. It's like at some point, at some point you really do see the, the overall uh, picture of humanity and and realize that man, it doesn't fucking matter. You're not that fucking important. (laughs) You're just one of a billion, 7 billion ants and does it really matter? And so just focus on the shit that matters in your day. Yeah. Because becoming important is, you know, is not that, it's just over fucking rated. Like, I, when want, it got, I want the best for Harry. I want him to live a long, healthy, happy life on a planet that's here for him. Or another one. Yeah. I don't, I guess ultimately yeah, I don't yeah, care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it hasn't made me care about recycling anymore. I still fucking hate recycling in this city. Fuck it. Don't exactly. do it. Go there fuck you go. yourself. Yeah. All right. Anyway. My, <laughs> sec- my second thing is a listen. <laughs> Um, and actually, I think this is good. It's a, it's a specific episode. You know, I love Sam Harris. Um, it's the Making Sense with Sam Harris uh, podcast. It's episode 204. And it is in, he is in a conversation with Jonathan Haidt, mm. who is the, the guy that co-wrote The Coddling of the American Mind. Yep. Um, and there's a specific moment that I'm trying to learn from because I found it to be really fascinating. Um is they're talking about COVID and they're talking about the economy. They're talking about a lot of stuff, right? And this is a very, very specific individual's intellectual. And at one point he says, so talking about Biden and Biden's vice president's picks. And Jonathan Haidt just says, yeah, I don't know anything about that. What do you think? <laughs> and I thought, you know, that is, that is goddamn refreshing for someone who is a public intellectual who is on a podcast with one of the smartest fucking interviewers and when it's time to talk politics, he just went, yeah, I don't know anything about that. So yeah. what, do you, what do you think? And I went, Christ, I wish I could do that better. Isn't that like, refreshing? Yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't know anything about that. So what do you think? I was like, oh, fuck, I wish I could learn that. So yeah. it's, it's been a very nice moment. But it, it, that aside, it's a really good conversation. So listen to okay. it. Yeah. Uh, my last thing is, uh, it's a read. It's on Politico. Uh, the headline is, Once Again, Democrats Are Caught in the Trump Trap. Uh, it's written by John F. Harris. Uh, this spins off of um, Barack Obama's uh, little speech at the, the national graduation last yeah, week. Yeah, the graduation um, speech, yeah. Yeah. But this, what this thing does is it lays out essentially what you and I have been talking about for the last three and a half years, that Trump is powered by those who hate him most. And that the left keep giving him more power and fuck, and, and they crumble with every ounce of power that they give him. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's just, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a good read. Um, and I just, I want, I want somebody, I want the woke to read it and, and learn from it. Shut and the I, fuck and up. And I yeah. know they won't. 
No, they, they won't. won't. They won't shut the fuck up. They'll find their own spin. Yeah. Speaking of spin, my final thing is a watch. It's six episodes long. It's a documentary series. Each is about an hour long. It is called, it's on Netflix. It's called Trial by Media. Mm. And uh, it's really fascinating because what it is effectively, yep. sort of the overarching thing it's about is how uh, media has changed or affected or influenced our our court systems and how trials are done and how we approach trials and it starts off the first episode is about the jenny jones episode where yep the uh the kid gets confronted by a gay friend and he says i've got a crush on you and it, it fucks him up and then two days later he shows up with a shotgun and fucking kills him i remember that, that happened that was fucking wild yeah, yeah it was 84 and and uh and then that was the first televised trial mm-hmm. they decided that yeah we want to tell it because it was television related well then then it goes on, and there are a number of episodes. But the last one is uh, is Bogoyevich and his yeah. trial, and how you know. And so, it's really interesting. I, I wrote a piece last week that's basically well, I can't remember it's called the devastating effect of reality TV or yeah. reality media, and and it was sort of like this this whole concept of reality TV and u- utilizing real people and their issues as fodder for entertainment. I think when you combine it with social media and everybody's ability to create content and comment on everybody's content is creating sort of this whirling dervish that we've got to find a way out of. And I don't quite know how, but I think it's really interesting. But I, I, as a first step toward that sort of watch trial by media, it's really fast. I watched it all, literally watched it all in one night. I was like, wow, this is fucking great. I'm trying to figure out what to do this weekend because we've, as we're recording this, it's Saturday and Memorial Day weekend. Yeah, yeah. Um, Harry has gone to my grandma's house, and my mom. I pick mom up, and mom and grandma are down in Thornton with Harry. Katie and I just have the dog, and we're gonna like. We got into a discussion on whether or not we should just like clean and like do all the shit that we need to get done that we can't do because there's a fucking toddler running around. Yeah. Or do we just get drunk and stoned and beat the shit out of the couch watching? Everything. The thing is, I think I, I think you can actually accomplish both of those agendas. You got a whole weekend, so yeah. why not? Why not spend some time doing exactly cleaning, getting things that, so that you are physically comfortable. Yeah, and then fucking just pull out some whiskey and some weed and some fucking Netflix and just yep. jam. I see. I think that I'm just going to go ahead and start with the whiskey and weed and Netflix because well, yeah. I can live in filth, so I'll deal with that shit later. And that's the episode. Happy birthday. Thanks, buddy. Rock Happy and roll. To be here. We'll talk to you next week. You can listen to the Literate Apecast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or any place you find your podcast Jones. If you enjoy listening to Two White Guys Holding Court, review or share the show on your own platforms, or throw us a few bucks on Patreon. For more information about Literate Ape, go to literateape.com and check out the rest of our podcasts, all of our writing, and our events. Music on the Apecast is courtesy of Mike Vinopal and Local Motive. You can find them all over Chicago and online at locomotiveband.com.